There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Hey, welcome back to the Dr. Light Show. My name is Josh here with Jim Price. Jim Price, Ooh. how are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's Happy Tuesday, or I don't know, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, today today's Tuesday. We're going to go with that. That's all you I know, it's, it's That was the news of the day. Yeah, the news right. of the day. There's not much really news of the day. Uh, quite interesting right. from the Daily Star, the Trout, Trout, the Turn Shroud of, uh, the Trout of Shuren. That's what it is. Reimagined by artificial intelligence shows what Jesus really looked like. The mystery of the Turin Shroud is enchanted generations, only shown to a world on rare occasions, but now its face has been shown in crystal clear, high definition with the help of artificial intelligence. And um, Jesus is uh, looks looks Mexican. <laughs> pretty pretty sure he's Mexican. <laughs> AI, good job AI. You, you did it again. <laughs> now wait, let me see this. So we let a computer make the assumptions in the portions of knowledge that we don't we don't want to make the assumptions to, but the computer and this is what I this is I'm worried about AI right here. <laughs> let's let, let's do this. This is where I, uh, AI makes assumptions, okay? They put they put correlations, causations together. They put them in a big, you know, bag or bucket and they kind of swash it all around and they pour it all out. That's what I think AI does a lot of. I think it's just com- it's just basically trying to compound what knowledge is present. Uh, and here you go. Um, Jesus is your is your Jesus. <laughs> it looks more like a Jose, but yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> I, I think what happened is the AIs it, it got uh, misunderstood when they typed in. Um, Tell us what Jesus looks like and mistook that for Jesus. Um. <laughs> all right. Now that we got lost all those listeners. Uh, let's, let's so let's did you hear this, that Biden is going to walk the picket line at the oh, UAW yeah. strike? Oh, oh, my goodness. I hope. Oh, that, come uh, on. You know, I, on. I wonder how many Trump supporters are in that picket line. Virtue signaling is what I'm hearing. Though. I hope he gets absolutely booed. And told right. to go home. I, I really do. Well, the problem is, is that the people that are standing out there on the picket line, I wonder if they really are not so. If they are the ones that are so used to the government handout that they will only see him as Santa Claus. <sighs> uh, well, you know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Well, some of them yeah. will, not most of them. But no, you no. Know, listen, but I hope there uh, is someone out there. Yeah. Right. I get it. Right. Well, you know, you're going to be with Dr. Kirk Elliott tomorrow because right. I am going to be off the next three days. I'm going to be a chaperone for my son's field trip, which is a okay. three day field trip in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, um, <laughs> doing doing country stuff with no Internet and no cell phone reception. So you, you can see how joyed I am to be picked for, as a chaperone for this one. I feel like I'm in trouble. Like I did something wrong. It's like, listen, Jim, listen. This is what's going to be happening here. Like, whoa. Well, then we then we come back Friday, and uh, when we come back Friday, I immediately go get on a flight to Baker City, Oregon. 
Yeah. Wow, we'll meet you there. Yeah, I should be there super. about noon, noon, one o'clock. Uh, oh, I won't be there until like 11 p.m. So. Really? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're not coming until late. Yeah. Well, no, I'll be. I, I, uh, you know, I had to pay for my own flight, and. Uh, oh. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, the the flight that was booked, uh, I leave at seven a.m. So I, I guess I, I'll, I'll switch you. So anyway. And then and then next weekend, I'm uh-huh. going to see uh, some friends down in Kansas City. That's gonna be fun. Oh yeah. And that won't be too far from you. And then the weekend no, after two and a half that, hours. I w- I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, Speaking looks like I'm going to be there, too. Looks oh, like I'm good, I, good. I, I'm, I'm glad I got you on that. Yeah, well, I haven't got the absolute confirmation, but I got someone else that's like, oh, we're working to get you on. So I had two people. I have you and them, so we'll, I'm getting them double teamed now. It's like a Kardashian video. I mean, um, sorry, anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, for anybody, anybody out there who's interested, and, uh, and that's going to be the weekend of October 13th. It's actually October 14th is the event. Um, you can go right. to truthtour.net. Truthtour.net, and that's Saturday, Can you believe it's going to be the middle of October already? I know. Well, and, and the good thing is, is that event is also streamed live. So you can watch it on uh, Lewis's, uh, Lewis's uh, Rumble channel there. Oh yeah! But, uh, if you go to the website, you can see the list of speakers. Got a uh, a great list of speakers. I'm not listed on the website yet, but I should be on there. He announced me yesterday. Um, but uh, our, my good buddy Juan is going to be there. Our good buddy Juan Osav, and my other good buddy yeah. Mark Atwood, uh, Kathy O'Brien, which we both know very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Trennis, Trennis. So you know, there's probably yep. going to be yep. some whiskey mm-hmm. afterwards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if I can do Nashville with Trennis. I did, uh, I did uh, Phoenix with Trennis, and I've done San Antonio with Trennis. So, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. It anyway. will be a great. I'm time. looking forward. I got the call yesterday, and I haven't. Uh, I, I did the last one that was in Minneapolis. Um, it was a great mm-hmm. time. I had had a good time. It was kind of a smaller event, but they've gotten much bigger since then. So it was, uh, I'm happy to be invited back to the Truth Tour. So truthtour.net if you're going to be in Nashville the weekend of October 14th. Um, and then I think uh, that's it for me for travel until the next event. Uh, I get invited to the next event. What about you? All right. Uh, but it looks like we're doing a lot of Xerox. Same, same, same. So uh, I was going to be in Miami on that uh, 14th. Instead, I'm going to be... Looks like I'm going to Nashville, which is a, sh- a shorter chip trip, and then the hotels will be obviously a lot cheaper in Nashville than they are in South Miami. So that's gonna be a good deal. So, nope, looking forward to it. I got a couple local deals, uh, some evening small group stuff to do while I'm here. So it'd be nice to sleep in my own bed on the weekend. I don't, it's kind of a strange thing to do. The dog bed, but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> dog beds are nice, man. People take yeah. better care of dogs than they do human beings. By the way, I don't think people, people realize do. that. People do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's a that's a real thing. So, uh, shocking yes. from MarketWatch, oil could hit $150 a barrel, sending shock through the system, says Top Shale CEO. And that's Doug Lawler, uh, Chief Executive Officer of Continental Resources, a shale drilling giant controlled by uh, billionaire Harold Hamm. He told Bloomberg News on Monday that crude prices are set to remain elevated and could press to the $120 to $150 a barrel range without new production. Uh, so this is what we've been saying was going to happen. Uh, this is mm-hmm. what I've been talking about in the sense of a dark winter is where you have a skyrocketing. So <clears throat> you have to understand supply and demand is how a free market economy works. And I know we don't have a free market economy. I know we have a crony capitalism, but supply and demand mm-hmm. still does operate the same 
in that system because it has drastic effects. So everything is dependent upon supply and demand. And right. so what we have right now is the money supply is inflated where there's more money going into the system, right? Which right. is devaluing the value, the intrinsic value of the dollar. So that produces inflation on this side. Then Water down the side, Kool-Aid. Then the other side, what I said we were going to have is a resource war. I've been talking about this for years. This is part of the firestorm. And this summer, I'm the only one who's been talking about it this summer with the radical weather. That mm-hmm. the harvest this year is going to be bad. It's going to be horrible because of all the severe weather, the drought conditions, the severe heat, the uh, the two hurricanes that hit Florida, the, the typhoon that hit California with the early flooding that happened at the beginning of the season, that we're going to have a bad harvest on a lot of various different commodities. Uh, then on top of that, we have Saudi Arabia who cut production by half, limiting to 1 million barrels a day, which is incredibly horrible. But it's a move by the BRICS nations after Saudi Arabia joined BRICS because of Joe Biden, obviously. But at the same time, Joe Biden basically canceled all the leases in Alaska, limiting the amount of U.S. oil production. And so what mm-hmm. this has done is that brought the price of of a barrel of oil from $60 to $90, what we're seeing now. And this could go another $40 up easily this winter. And if that happens, you have to think about all the things tied into oil and gas and energy. Now, number one, ships. Ships ship cargo. Ships Mm -hmm. use diesel marine fuel, okay? They need fuel. Number two, trains. Trains use diesel fuel. They need fuel. Trucks, semi-trucks, they need diesel fuel. You remember last year when we had the diesel fuel shortage? Mm -hmm. Guess what you're going to hear this winter? Diesel fuel shortage. Not only that is the price of a gallon of gas, I guarantee you, is going to move up $1.50 to $2 in price over the next month, the month and a half. We are moving into very, very harsh economic times. But since the price to transport the goods increases, as well as we have inflation and then price gouging by the manufacturer because they're losing money in the production process, you're going to see the price of goods, of food, of regular things that you use at your home, so forth skyrocket. Not only that, as we're heading into winter, which is a going to be a big heat month, and what do you use for heat? Gas. Some people use electric, and I'm sorry for that. That's going to be horrible. So if you have a wood-burning stove at your house, I would mm-hmm. highly recommend to chop extra wood this winter because yeah. it is going to be cold, it's going to be wretched, and there is going to be probably rolling blackouts through California and Texas, so on and so forth. But we are moving into an energy and a supply chain crisis over the next three to six months. Man, that was quick. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back with the Dark Delight Show. Now, did you know that? Let me ask you a quick question. Did sure, you know in twenty sure. uh, June twenty oh eight that oil went to a hundred ninety six dollars? Yes, I do. Two thousand eight, oil went to one hundred ninety six dollars. It looks like it only went there for a minute. But then in twenty fifteen, it went down to forty three dollars. 
Mm-hmm. Huh. So, uh, so did you know what caused that to happen in 2008? Talk to me. <clears throat> so th- there's three primary indicators that you look at when you're talking about economic performance. Right. Number one is energy. Number two is the dollar. Number three is real estate. Right. How, how, how many people are buying houses? What are the prices of the houses? And what are the interest rates? How many people right. are getting mortgages is kind of how you look at who's buying houses, right? Right, right. So that, that's one. Number two is what is the dollar doing? And when you say what is the dollar doing is what do the yields look like? The two-year yield, the five-year yield, so, the 10-year yield, so forth, right? And right. then what is energy prices doing? All three of those will give you a really good – um, reliable indicator of what is happening with the market because they cover three different perspectives. Number one, they tr- they cover energy. Number two, they cover housing. And number right. three, they cover the stability or the inflationary stability of the U.S. dollar. Obviously, we know inflation is high. This last weekend, we had two major spikes within the two-year yield of the dollar. This is a prime indicator of economic instability within the dollar because those spikes were immediately counteracted by the Federal Reserve by pumping liquidity into the market. That's not a good thing. Um, Right. Number two is that we had – we had a, a report come out that there has been a historically record low number of mortgages in 2023. We have declining home prices and increasing interest rates and declining amount of people buying. Um, that's not a good sign. That means that the market has really came to a standstill. Over 65,000 realtors have left the market in 2023. That's another indicator. Wow. Um, and then you have energy, which we just talked about. Those three indicators right there point that there is something big coming because each one of those are considered bubbles. And right. those bubbles are typically deflated to a relative point of market stability. But now all three of those bubbles are hyperinflated. The reason I say hyperinflated because there's a lot of real estate coming onto the market. Prices are going down. And nobody wants to buy. Um, then with the energy market, obviously, it's, it's, it's a bubble because energy prices are way too high as well as inflation is going up. And then if you have one bad harvest, the whole market's going to crash. And so there's, mm-hmm. the whole market is one catalyst event away from complete economic turmoil, a repeat of 2008 where the banks need to get bailed out again. And if you go back to the beginning of this year where you had SVB and a few other banks that collapsed and had to be overtaken. I mean, you had Deutsche Bank gone, gone. Yeah. I mean, this is this is no laughing matter here. And so we're coming into uh, you know Q3 reporting is coming out. We're entering Q4. Um, you're about to see some of these banks go underwater because even though the interest rate stabilized, the interest rate is still taking a loss on their old debt, which the Fed had tried to buy most of it up. But what you're going to see is right. you're going to see really a lot of that come back to these banks. And since the rates have not come down, it's sustained debt loss. So you're going to see some of these banks begin to perish in Q4 uh, into Q1 of 2024. And this is actually a prime setup for a Republican candidate going into the 2024 election. I mean, I, I'm, I'm serious on this, too, mm-hmm. is that the Democrats couldn't have messed this up 
anymore. I mean, like, quite oh, literally. The, the, like, the Democrats, they just stole an election only to screw up so epically that they have no mm-hmm. choice but to hand over the reins of power. Because if they try and attempt to keep it, if they steal the election again, people are going to revolt and say, uh-uh, not happening. You see what's happening in Staten Island? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people are lining up, blocking the migrant buses coming into the city. And, <laughs> and this isn't just Republicans. This is the left. Yeah. Well, the mayor flip-flopped, what, two months ago? Well, you know, it's just we can't, aff- we can't sustain this. I'm like, well, that's not part of the argument, buddy. You said you're a sanctuary. Open arms. What's that? There's a <laughs> my arms wide open. Come on, buddy. Arms wide open. That's what you wanted. You arms wanted all these people. Open. Could- <laughs> I don't think it's the same meaning, but sure, it works, right? That <laughs> this is crazy. These people sit there and virtue signal you to make you feel guilty that you bother to say, "Hey, you know what? Wait your turn." Why is that a thing? Like, why isn't that? Do they not teach that stuff in elementary school where you wait your turn? Remember, no cuts. You know, no no chicken butts, no cuts, whatever we called it. You know, get in the mm-hmm. back. Remember all that stuff. We, we get mad somebody cutting line. Ooh, you're cutting. Ooh, teacher cutting. But no, it's okay for people to just break federal and state and county laws to come into this country, and then we give them 22. By the way, folks, I don't know if you guys actually have done the math on this. Josh, I don't know if you've heard of this much. But they not only get $2,200 a month in cash. Listen to me. Every individual, man, woman, and child, that's not per family. Every man, woman, and child gets 2200 bucks a month. They get a cell phone. They get health care. They get housing they get a food card. They get a food card. And they get a trip to anywhere in America they want to go. What kind of luxury life are we talking about here? You know, we're Josh, we just spent the first part of the show today talking about we're going to travel, right? Now, mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time my federal government, well, except when I went to basic training and <laughs> when the military wanted me to go certain places, but I don't remember getting free flights out of the deal. I don't remember my federal government coming up and going, Oh, Jim, you want to move? Oh, well, we'll move you. Oh, here, here's some. Here's the. The thing is, is that's not how America works. But we're showing these people in how the hundred percent of their experience in America is that the that there's always the the milk and honey flowing freely to them. But yet the Americans, the veterans, the the you know the how about my folks? You know, Marge worked uh, fifty some years as a as a public school teacher, and her last year she made fifty two thousand dollars a year. I mean, and she retired on $900 a year or $900 a month. Like, how is that a thing? But we got migrants coming over here making almost, what, what two times more than what she was making on a 50-year retirement? These guys are just walking in and making it? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. We, well, there should be some people going, hey, this is not acceptable. And I'm glad they're doing it in Staten Island, though. I mean, at least somebody's finally standing up. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where the Texans are at. But I, I just, oh. I don't get it. I don't get the abuse. Why do we put up with this abuse? Are you is this Stockholm syndrome that we're used to being able to just be abused constantly and and then we say thank you sir may I have another? I think I think I feel that's what we're doing here. Well, it is what we're doing here. I mean, there's there's so many aspects of psychological warfare that are going on right now, Jim Price. Mm-hmm. L- listen to this. And, and I want everybody who fell for the COVID nonsense to listen up. Okay. All right. New report. The risk of contacting long COVID may have been exaggerated due to flawed research. 
leading to unnecessarily high levels of anxiety about suffering from it. A study has suggested authors of the study argue that the symptoms are common among upper respiratory viruses. You know what that's called? That's called psychosomatic psychological warfare. Is you scare the heck out of people uh-huh. into believing they're going to get sick, and guess what happens? Psychosomatic symptoms occur, and they get sick. Placebos can be positive or negative, and the placebo right. negative effect. We all thought, oh, I got. I've, I've heard. I've, I've heard people at truth or events going. You know, I've had. I've had COVID several times. I've had long COVID. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to have to go through this per experience with you right now. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to have this conversation where I have to ruin. But the problem is, it's like you're telling somebody the chair in their, the living room is not, or the kitchen's not their god anymore. I mean, 100 percent of their life, that's all they knew, right? So this is what they know. They go to the government for the answer, and then when you try to do it, it breaks their heart, and you're the bad guy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, how about this for uh, some interesting, interesting news? All right. So yesterday we talked about how Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada and President Zelensky of Ukraine um, and the Congress or the parliament in Canada honored Mm -hmm. a 97 year old World War Two veteran uh, because he fought against the Russians. Well, but he fought against the Russians because he was a Nazi. Uh, Yes, he was part of the Waffen SS. Uh, okay. He was a member of the Galashian Regiment, the first okay. Galashian Regiment in Ukraine. The Ukrainians fought for the Nazis against the Russians. And this man has lived there since the end of World War II. Now, one little unknown tidbit here is that Alan Dulles, the uh, guy who created the Central Intelligence Agency, Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C., is named after him. He is also, him and his brother, the ones who wrote the Treaty of Versailles, which ended World War I but caused World War II because of the sanctions put on to the German people with uh, the retributions that they had to pay back to European countries, basically the European monarchs. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's actually the guy who oversaw the Nuremberg Trials. And they gave all the Ukrainian Nazis complete immunity. And they did this because the CIA went in there after Alan Dulles formed it to fight against the Russians because the Cold War had begun. So this guy gets exiled into Canada. And uh, he was a part of the force, the 1st Galashian Regiment, the, the 14th Waffen Grenadier Division of the SS who took part in the Polish massacre in World War II. And it was the Ukrainians, by the way, that also um, ran all the concentration camps in Poland, by the way. People didn't know this. Wow. Well, the, uh, the Secretary of uh, – it looks like the Secretary of Education in Poland, along with other secretaries in Poland, the ministers in Poland – have came out and um, listen to this in a view of scandalous events in the Canadian Parliament, which involved honoring in the president uh, in the presence of President Zelensky, a member of the criminal Nazi SS Galatian formation. I have taken steps towards possible extradition of this man to Poland for trial. Good, Oops. good. And this comes a week after Poland, a NATO country, nonetheless. Right. Told Zelensky in Ukraine, we're done supporting you. We're out of this. Huh. And, and now, and now, this just sealed the deal. Poland's not coming oh, back yeah. from this. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. 
All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Josh had to head out. He had another uh, show he had to jump on real quick, so no big deal there. Now you got me, The you got just Jim Price here. Now, I was going through some of these scales that Josh was talking about with the the oil prices, right? So this whole thing of when oil prices did this or the other thing. And I'm on this webpage here. It's uh, macrotrends.net, macrotrends.net. Dot com. It's the crude oil prices, 70-year historical chart. And it's given me the average things of, you know, like, okay, on the average, where was oil at here and there? So we go into we go into where uh, we go into Obama's and um, his last years there. And and it's like like, you know, there's the oil prices are, are you know, they're not they're not looking real good, right? Well, then, right as soon as Trump goes in, tri- prices go up, but then they immediately start to go back the other direction. So there's actually a 25% fall in crude oil prices in 2018. But then they go and they take it back. But then in 2020, we have the fall, which was the uh, the COVID stuff, right? The coronavirus, the Mexican beer flu that was going to kill us all. Remember that whole thing? But then here's where things change, guys. And this is what I want you to pay attention to. Right at the end of 2021, we had the significant change in oil prices. But then we go from last year, 2022, to 2023. If I add both of those together, it's a 20% increase in oil prices just in the last two years. Now, that's 20% of oil prices. Now, I find, I've told you guys that the last six months, I'm paying 30 to $0.35 cents more per gallon. And actually, it's closer to $0.40 cents now. We've had another increase recently. There's no reason for the oil prices to have changed or whatever because they're saying, oh, we're just going to lower – we're going to lower production. Well, I mean the problem with that is is it's not like it's a guy who is coming across a bunch of oil and he wants to put a bunch on the market so he's willing to take a, sell, a, a loss on his product. Because it's a cool kids club, OPEC, which is what Standard Oil actually created back through the Rockefeller Institute. And the, the Rockefeller Institute – I say I used to use the Rockefeller Institute, but I just should say Rockefeller in general – we're still living under the shadows of this individual right now because you look at the AMA, the department, uh, the FBI, the CIA, Department of Education, uh, the ATF. These were all – now, look, think about this. Uh, what, what, what kind of power does an individual have where I uh, – say I'm Mr. Rockefeller. I decide I'm going to create the FBI. So I go and hire a whole bunch of private eyes. Ex-police investigators, you know, detective kind of people, and I create the F. I create a a bureau of investigation, a bureau of you know, to do this like it's a company. But I develop this and start paying these guys to do things. But what I'm doing is going out and collecting blackmail information on all the congressmen in each of the states, all the congressmen at the federal level, all the dignitaries and bureaucracy within the federal government, and then I say. Oh, uh, by the way, do you guys want to take this over? I've, I've launched this little program for you. The American Medical Association, the exact same process. The ATF, exact same process by sponsoring Molly Hatchett to create the uh, prohibition on alcohol. Uh, he also created what we call the first OPEC. We think of OPEC as this whole thing with the Saudis. But the problem is, is that this is what's done industry-wide. And this was all done through Standard Oil. Standard Oil, which was Rockefeller, did all this stuff. See, guys, we're actually still living under the, the shadows of a man that's been dead for a long, long time. And I'm looking back at the oil prices. Yes, oil prices have jumped 20% in the last two years, and they know that. They know that is a thing, and that's where we're at. 
But let me talk about another agency, and the Environmental Protection Agency. It sounds very, very noble, very just, like, oh, this is something that I can get behind. I can get behind the EPA. I mean, I would be a, a tool. I'd be a, a oh, just a, a unbelievable, horrible, horrible human to not think that the Environmental Protection Agency is not necessary. Oh, my gosh, you don't believe the environment is necessary? And the sad part of it is, is there's still a lot of people that are out there that believe in the truther movement, that the idea that there's the truth is out there and they know these things are going on, but they will turn around and go, but Mother Earth needs us. We need to stop polluting on Mother Earth. I'm going to tell you what, folks. If Mother Earth, or whatever you want to call this blue marble you're flying through space on, if this thing decided that it doesn't want you, it would shake you off like so much water on a, du- on a duck's back. It doesn't need humans. It is not affected by humans. Oh, we, you know what? We're, you know who humans affect? Other humans. Oh, yeah, and other animals. But we only do that in a, a, a minuscule way because if we focus on something like the dodo bird or the American bald eagle or other animals across the, you know, the world, well, yeah, we could annihilate a certain species or, or breed of an animal. It's possible if we really hyper-focus in on it. But the sad part of it is, is all the stuff that we're developing, all the stuff that we're creating, all those things that we, these, these forever chemicals in our water and our food and our soil and the, the fact that we're killing the microbiome in our soil, that whole thing is we're only killing ourselves because the earth will regain itself. The earth will go in and put a fire through a forest and it will rejuvenate the entire forest where the, the seeds and the trees will be activated because of the heat from the fire. And we don't talk about it that way because we think that, oh, well, we got to get in there and spray this orange crap all over everything. And, oh, that'll save the birds. Let's just spray a bunch of this orange crap all the forest. And then, oh, no, Jim, it's biodegradable. And the birdies love it. They eat it for breakfast. It's great on their Cheerios. Okay, first of all, that doesn't make sense. Okay, that doesn't, that's not how it works. Do you know forest fires are absolutely necessary for the health of the forest fires? And because you may lose a cabin that's nestled away inside of that ca- that forest, sorry your luck. But that forest, that forest knows what it's doing when it burns out those pine needles and all that other stuff that's underneath there, all that bedding. And when it burns through there, it actually causes the trees to activate themselves and the soil actually gets all this nitrogen and everything. And then the seeds actually from the heat activate as well and all this all these new trees and all kinds of vegetation start popping up. But we go in there and we kill off the fire we're killing off the forest, but I digress. Let's go back to the EPA here. Senator wants to know what the EPA needs with mobile command post. Now, this is an article that, uh, that's fairly interesting to read here, but this is actually things that go along with the idea that this is the Environmental Protection Agency who's supposedly out there to do the best for us and create you know, all this, this goodness, this yummy goodness of our world, and we're going to save the planet by hugging each other. And, you know, we're not going to use... The, the oil oils produced by the Earth's crust. If you actually ask anybody that's outside of where they make money on the EPA, and you talk to them, a geologist, about what how oil is made, it's kind of fascinating, and it's not happenstance. It's not a mistake. It's not like, oh look, there's oil. How did that happen? It's a miracle. No, it's real. Natural gas, methane. These are all natural products of the Earth's process. Uh, uh, the, a new report uh, in the Washington Free Beacon notes that under Joe Biden's leadership, <laughs> the Environmental Protection Agency has spent millions of dollars in taxpayers' funding uh, to upgrade to military-grade hardware. 
the supplies include advanced combat equipment, reconnaissance supplies, guns, ammunition, and more. Now, wait. Environmental Protection Agency has guns? Why would the environment... Okay, well, who are they buying the guns for? See, this is always the thing that we always get caught up around the axle on this whole thing. We wrap around the axle on the idea, oh, oh, you know, the environmental protection doesn't need guns. Why are they buying the guns and who are they buying them for? Is it just them money laundering and putting the guns in the wrong hands like we had with the Iran-Contra affair? You know, with Oliver North and Reagan and all those people and the Clintons and Arkansas and the cocaine money and the trafficking stuff. Remember all that? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the report explains how the EPA under Biden has spent $2.8 million, actually it's $2.9 million, so we'll go $3 million here. They spent $3 million, million on these items, which is a 143% increase. Now, that's just this year, 2023. This, this year, they have spent more, they have spent 143% more on this type of a stuff than they did under the entire Trump administration. The entire Trump administration. So four years, what they are doing in one year, They've done 143% more. Now, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, he was asking, uh, he was asking some questions about this. He wants an explanation. Uh, the, the Climate Exchange, uh, Agency spend, uh, is on a spending spree for guns, ammunition, and advanced tactical equipment. Uh, and this is the subject of an oversight probe by Grassley, who described the EPA's militarization as frightening. The congressional investigation comes just months after a watchdog group found a non-law enforcement agency in the federal government, such as the EPA and the Internal Revenue Service, spending $4 billion on ammunition and military-style equipment. So in, the last, in this last you know, 10 to 20 years of, of cycles here, this is what we're going to do. We're going to say this is okay. This is okay for our, our government to spend $4 billion on ammunition for a non-law enforcement or military agency. Now, it's bad enough that the FBI, I thought the Federal Bureau of Investigations were just investigators. Why do they have guns? If you're an investigator, why do you need a gun? I mean, just seriously. If you're just investigating, if you're just reporting crimes, you're putting together a case, then why do you need a gun? So, I mean, that's I mean, shouldn't that be the marshals or the sheriff or somebody like that doing their job as that's their that's their job is to make those arrests? Because see, the U.S. marshals they're the ones that go out and do the the whole, um, you know, doing the warrant stuff where they got a bench warrant for a guy or a girl. But the problem is, is that we've got a situation here where a non-law enforcement agencies, there's a couple of them here, that have spent four billion dollars on this type of stuff. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, freedom fries. Grassley explains his concern. Uh, the Biden administration, uh, EPA, already has a reputation of overstepping its bounds, and that makes the agency militariza- uh, makes this military agency or militarization of this agency frightening. And so it goes on. Uh, the EPA has purchased $10 million worth of various pieces, such as unmanned aircraft, night vision, and radar equipment. Why would the EPA need unmanned aircraft, night vision, and radar equipment? Are they the, the weatherman now? Oh, it's not radar like is in weather radar. That's a different one. The Free Beacon Report uh, noted that Barack Obama, Uncle Barry, was in office, and the EPA bought 
$6.6 million in guns. So we're talking about almost 20 years ago, they bought $6.6 million in guns. And uh, only about $2 million under the Trump uh, the Trump administration. So why was it that they slowed down under Trump, but they were on such a wild tear under Uncle Barry and Uncle Joe's administration? That's the question you have to ask yourself. The agency's two hundred federal uh, wait. The agency's two hundred federal uh, law enforcement officers are equipped already with eight hundred fifty-seven guns and a half a million rounds. So why do they even need guns? It's like having like. This is something that scares me too. Even here, when the, the I know that other jurisdictions or other cities as well that they're now giving code enforcement individuals the ability to not only carry a gun but a badge and have the ability to arrest you. But that's okay. All right, guys, we have a commercial break coming up here. Doctor Light Show. I'm your host Jim Price. We'll be back here in a minute. Doctor Light on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark Light Show, guys. I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent there on that EPA stuff, but my gosh, why have we got these guys out there running around with guns and badges and all that good stuff? It's not necessary. Like I said, I know there's code enforcement guys out there that now have the ability to arrest, carrying a badge, have the arrest, arresting ability, which again, why would you need to arrest somebody that's, you know, what, what is it? Why would code enforcement need to go that far? Because we can, Jimmy, because we can. Well, here's another little tidbit here before we have to head out. Now, guys, thank you so much for being here as a part of the Dr. Light Show and your lunch hour. Well, I got a bunch of rhinos, and I say rhinos. I'm going to throw one of them in as a rhino because why not? Sean Henney to moderate a debate between Newsom and DeSantis. Well... I, I, I started to think about this, like, oh, yeah, yeah, why are they going to be the, you know, wait, and I got all this, like, wait. I'll remember, Joe was only polling at 2 and 3% of his party's uh, favorability, like only 2 or 3%. He was he was not winning. He wasn't the good guy. Uh, Kamala Harris was only polling at 1%. So why not say that DeSantis is going to be the Republican nominee and Newsom will probably tailcoat or somehow work with uh, the Obamas and uh, Michael Obama and Gay Newsom will be able to – I, I think I said that wrong. Uh, Michael Obama and Gay – I don't know. I think I'm saying something. Anyway, you know what I mean. Those two are probably going to be on ticket on the Democrat side. It, it's the, they, they keep foreshadowing it over and over again, and it's coming out. A 90-minute debate is scheduled for Thursday, November 30th and will air on Fox News. Well, why not the rhino station that we all love and hate, Right. I'm looking forward to providing viewers with an informative debate about the everyday issues and governing philosophies that impact the lives of every American, Hannity says. Hannity, you're sold out, buddy. I appreciate the idea that you worked real hard to get what you are, but you are sold out, partner. I, I, I'm sad. I, 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 there was a time my numbers were very much similar to his. We were, we were competing with the same audience and stuff like that. And I will tell you right now that I am not a fanity fan, fan, hand, <laughs> a handy fan anymore. And uh, the sad part of it is that I just, I just, I think he's bought out. I think he, I think he talks a good talk, but I don't think he's willing to go the distance. I don't think he's willing to go the distance on the government. I don't think he's willing to go the distance on the on Fox. I don't think he's willing to go the distance on the establishment because I do believe that he has been bought or paid off. And you just watch his behaviors. Uh, going on here, it says, I look forward to an opportunity to debate Gavin Newsom 
over our very different visions of the future of our country, DeSantis wrote in a post on Twitter, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Oh, it says X. I changed it to Twitter because I knew what it meant. Uh, DeSantis's campaign spokesman, Andrew Romeo, said in a statement obtained by NBC News, the contrast of California's failures and Florida's success demonstrates that Ron DeSantis is right. Decline is merely a choice. Uh, whether Newsom or Biden uh, is the Democrat nominee in 24, they both offer the same failed and dangerous ideology for Americans that helped get us into this mess. We look forward to putting Ron DeSantis' record of success up against his. Hmm, sounds like we're pumping and dumping for the old, uh, we're all pumping for the old presidential nomination here. So we're going to have these two guys already debating. Sounds a little bit weird, a little bit crazy. Uh, we agree to, we've agreed to the debate, but they won't, you know, Newsom's not on the Democrat debate. And then DeSantis, the last month was talking about he was bailing out, wasn't going to take any more money and was going to get out of the race. So is he getting out of the race or is he staying in the race? Is he debating Newsom because that's going to be his opponent in the in next year? You see where I'm going with this, guys. Uh, Newsom has widely speculated to be considered. Newsom has been widely speculated to be considered a uh, for a run of president. Uh, anyway, so this is the thing. This is this is what's going to happen. We're going to see old Joey. Joey's going to get a cough. <coughs> I got a cough due to cold. I'm going to die. Oh, I died. And then we'll get the rush in the vacuum suck of Michael and Newsom. And then uh, that'll be fine. Whatever. Guys, I know that this is a lot of stuff that's outside of our control. And when these people really are moving bigger chess pieces than we can see the playing board. We can't see the playing board that they're playing on. We know that there's these big moves going on out there. But we are not always able to to understand those. But I will tell you at the end of the day that it's your responsibility to handle you. You be the right person. You be the right guy. You be the right woman that says, okay, not today, Satan. We're not going to do this. We're not going to play this game. And the sad part of it is, is that I keep seeing that a lot of us are falling for the shiny objects of things going around out there, and we have to have that discernment. And I don't think there's I, – I, I'm going to tell you right now, there's the things that I talk about, and especially the self-help part of it and the, the – the uh, what do you want to call it? The inspiration or the motivational speaking of things I do. A lot of stuff that I'm saying out there. Why isn't why isn't that your preachers? Why isn't it your your precinct heads? Why isn't it your county commissioners? Why isn't it your city managers, your city mayor, your city council, your governors, your legislators? Why aren't they the ones inspiring you? Well, they don't want to inspire you because they want to control you. And that's a sad part of it is even from the pulpit, we have people who want to control and manipulate because they want to keep their job. They like the paycheck they're getting and they don't want to have to change jobs. They want to maintain what they're doing. But the sad part of it is, is through their own fear, they've limited themselves and their ability to help you to be amazing. And I want you to think about that for a second. You guys have all this amazing power, all this amazing ability, but you limit yourself because a preacher tells you, don't say this, don't think that, don't do this, it's a sin, this is a sin, that's a sin, this is that, and the other thing. The sad part of it is that so many of those things really aren't based on true biblical patterns. A lot of it is hearsay, like language. We limit language in, in religion far before our government ever does. We stop people from being able to say things in religion or for the sake of religion way before our government or the FAA gets involved in our speech, you know, throttling through the media and broadcasting. 
we have to understand that we get our power from God, and we know that that is where our strength is drawn and where our sanctuary is. So why is that we go so far out of our way to find a really dumb person to take advice from? Why is it we go so far out of our way to bow down and pay homage to the government? Why do we go so far out of our way when we know that when God knocks the door, he comes in and, and we will sup with him? Why are, we, why are we running from that simple truth in itself? Well, because, you know, we've got a big steeple church and we've got to pay tithe and we've got to... Do you? If you... I mean, really, guys, is the putting the money in the coffer... In the little plate that goes by, the little basket, whatever it is they do in your church. I mean, is that really where God told you to send your money to? See, the problem is, is that we don't th- we we really get this misconception because it's too easy in the business plan to say, "Hey, guys, give your ten percent to Jesus and give your ten percent to Caesars." Because give unto Caesars, what is Caesars? We have to be careful. All these shiny objects, all these things going on around us, we're seeing these people show their you know their true self. I'm not a perfect man. I, I know I got I mean I, I'm working on me. I'm still working on me being better every single day than the day before and I and I hope that you guys will do the same. But when we hear things that we, we don't like in the government and we're like, Whoa, guys, you're paying money into it and you wonder why. Would you give money to the Satan Church of Satan? Would you give money to the Church of Moloch? Would you give money to these others? No. But it's a simple statement, a simple question. Then why are you doing it into a government that pays for abortions globally, where these people are sacrificing? I came across an article just yesterday that actually was talking about back in it was the two thousand, uh, two thousand or not two thousand, like nineteen ninety two or something like that, or ninety five, when they found an entire shipping container full of baby parts, and it wasn't just one shipping container; it was multiples. But this is the government you're paying into where this kind of stuff was just swept under the rug and nobody was held accountable for that kind of behavior. you got to make sure you hold yourself accountable. Make sure you have your heart in the right place every single day. You guys have always been the answers. Remember that Constitution limits the government but never limits you. You guys come together. Be amazing. I'll be here for you. I'm Jim Price, the Dr. Light Show, guys. Remember, WYSL's got all your talk shows all day long. Stick around. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.